You are listening to the Weight Loss and Wellness for Real podcast with Heather Heinen, licensed professional therapist, mental health. Welcome to Weight Loss and Wellness for Real, the podcast where people like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the physical and mental weight so you can feel better and live the life you want in the body and mind you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating, overeating, binging behaviors, and move to a place of freedom with food and your body, you're in the right place. Hey, everybody. I hope you are all doing great today. I'm going to talk today about a topic that I know affects so many of us. And this was actually, I had a listener message me a question on social media and uh, her, well, she asked about, she had noticed that she was eating a lot more lately over this last year and said, as she's really become aware of it, she notices that it's, that she's feeling very stressed, very overwhelmed, and that her eating has really picked up because of that. And I think all of us in some way or another can really relate to this. Um, this has been an extra stressful year for almost all of us. And when those stress levels are high, uh, many of us probably find that we, we do go to food. And so I wanted to talk about this topic as I feel it can be really beneficial um, for all of us. And I will get into some real specific strategies that you can try on um, if this is an issue that you almost also deal with uh, eating when you are feeling overwhelmed or stressed. Uh, so when when I'm working with clients, whether in therapy or coaching clients uh, for weight loss and, and health goals, I probably, out of 90% of these clients, hear the same thing. They are exhausted. They are fatigued. They feel overwhelmed. Uh, they re- I get told a lot about the heavy, heavy stress load that they're feeling. And, you know, I could get on a little soapbox here and talk about where our society is at in regards to just culturally our norms that have become apparent fairly recently in history. Things like, you know, that busyness is sort of this badge of honor. Uh, there's some pride behind it a little bit for for some of us. And I do rebel here a little bit because I really believe and feel the opposite. I believe that busyness should not be a goal and uh, that busyness creates so many of the problems that we have going on in our country right now in regards to so many humans feeling overstressed and overwhelmed. And how I see that is when we are stressed, when we are overwhelmed, we are typically in the fight or flight mode. And if we are in fight or flight, we are then going to flip into a response mode of fight or um, to flee. And I always add one more in there to, to feed because many of us, when we are stressed, when we are in fight or flight, we will eat, we will feed in order to reduce that agitation, that, that feeling. And so, you know, if we go into fight mode, 
sometimes that, you know, that doesn't mean that we're acting out behaviorally. We're not actually going to fight, but it does mean, you know, we're feeling things like aggression, like, um, high, high, high agitation. Um, maybe that we want to fight and some of us maybe do act out physically, you know, um, you punch a wall or, uh, it comes out as yelling or screaming. Um, a lot of times that happens within families. It's coming out there like that, uh, or with your significant other within our relationships, in other words. Uh, and then also if you're going to go into the flee mode, the runaway mode, what that means psychologically is that you are stuffing down those feelings, you're repressing them, you're denying them. Um, and, and that would be like running away from our feelings kind of thing, which in the moment maybe, you know, doesn't allow you to act out, but what it does is over time, if you can continue to do that, it will come out in other ways. Sometimes for people that's a blow up at some, some point, um, in some situation with others, but it can also come out in other ways physically, uh, within our health, you know, it can come out in ways of, um, physically giving us health issues. And so we really want to understand that when we are in fight or flight, when we are highly stressed, when we are overwhelmed, you know, our brain wants to feel safe. It, you know, it's feeling stressed in that moment. It's feeling unsafe in that moment. And so it is looking to feel safe. And so it really makes perfect sense that many of us would then get urges to eat, to feed. When we eat, that flips our brain, our stress response into the parasympathetic system, which is the rest and digest system. So when we eat, we momentarily get a sense of relaxation, of relief. And so, of course, if the brain is in fight or flight, it's looking for any way to release that, to find some relief. And so it'll often send up, for many of us, urges to eat in those moments in order for it to feel safe. So if you can kind of get into the brain science behind that and understand that connection, you can begin to understand how if we can uh, get the brain to feel safe in those moments in other ways without food, it won't throw up those urges to eat as often. So first things first here, I, I cannot bring up this topic without without talking about using your breath to get out of the fight or flight response. So some of you who know me know that I am really into using breath work with my um, therapy clients. And I also do teach some of this to my coaching clients often as well, because it is such a powerful way to help someone lose weight if they are stress eaters, if they eat when they are feeling overly emotional, overwhelmed. Because if I can teach them to use their breath in these situations, what happens is their brain learns to feel safe through their breath and therefore they don't have to use food. They get out of that habit of using food to feel safe because they're using the breath instead to feel safe. It is really cool if you can get into understanding how the brain influences the body, but also how the body 
and breath influence the brain you know, when you practice this stuff, you really get the experience. You learn that you have so much power just by using your own breath in regards to your mood and your reactions. I just sat through a workshop last night with a company called Black Lab Sports. And the purpose of the webinar was that they were offering up a lot of brain research and science, um, people in the fields and talking about all of this sort of stuff, the the practical implications of using our breath to really influence our brain, which then of course influences our thinking, our thoughts, our behaviors. Everything within that webinar reiterated how breathing, our breathing patterns affect our brain and that our brain is what interprets our world for us. And So it makes sense that utilizing something you always have with you, like your breath, and to start to learn just one or two breathing sequences that you can utilize in a moment of feeling fight or flight, how powerful that can be. And so with my clients, I personally, you know, I'll teach them, you know, we'll try out maybe two or three different breathing patterns and see which one feels more relieving, more relaxing for them. Because everybody's a little different. So there, And there are different breathing patterns to try. And some work better for some people and others work better for other people. So it's important to, if, if you're going to get into this work, to know that if you learn a breathing pattern, it doesn't work right away. There are other ones to learn. And then to understand, once you've picked a breathing pattern to use, you got to practice it because in the moment you're feeling stress, fight or flight response, real panicky, anxious, angry, all of that, you need to have practiced the breathing sequence beforehand so that in that moment, your brain is ready to go there. Because if you're just waiting around to try the breathing sequence um, that you think might work for you, if you're just waiting around and and you're just going to use it once you're in fight or flight, that's sort of an issue because when you're, I mean, think about it. When you are in fight or flight, when you are extremely angry, upset, emotional, um, agitated, panicky, whatever it is, when you are in that mode, it is really hard to get your brain on board with you to just think like, okay, now I have to use my breath. So what needs to happen is you need to practice those breathing patterns daily so that when you get into fight or flight, your brain is much more ready to call that up in the moment. So practicing those patterns are really, really important as well. When you're stressed, when you're overwhelmed, there's this cascade of body sensations moving through your body. Remember, we have a thought, we have a feeling, the feeling comes attached with a little chemical cocktail pa- you know, package, and that chemical cocktail package that goes along with that feeling is what then courses through your body and gives you sensations in your body. And those sensations are typically what we're trying to escape with food. So we feel these very uncomfortable sensations when we are overwhelmed or stressed. And so the brain throws up that urge to grab food to stop them for a moment. Because when we're feeding, again, our brain switches into the parasympathetic, which is rest and digest state, which slows us down, which makes us feel a little bit better in the moment. Our brain feels safe, so we feel some relief. Once you recognize this pattern and you want to change the behavior of feeding when you are in fight or flight, when you're stressed, when you're overwhelmed, then you understand how using some breath work can help you get out of fight and 
fight or flight instead of having to use food to do that. So when I work with clients on this, we often, um, you know, find one, pick one, and then I give them a prescription for practicing twice a day, usually for just one minute at a time, once in the morning, once in the evening. And this seems to really help them be able to grab this breathing pattern and use it in moments of fight or flight, in moments of stress, in moments of an anxious state. Something else to mention here is that many of us can get into what it feels like to go into fight or flight, that super high panicky or high anger, high agitation state. But there are some of us who actually live in fight or flight state most of the time. And so you really want to think about this, if this is you. Some of us are in such high anxiety state, such high fight or flight, such high agitation, impatience, uncomfortableness, all the time for whatever reasons that some of this has to do with just our past, but it's typically the way our personality is. So it's the way that our brain is patterned to function, this high anxious anxiety all the time, all day long. And so some of us don't even recognize that we are in fight or flight because we are used to just being in this high state of anxiousness. And because we're always there and have been there for so long, it really becomes like that, you know, it starts to feel normal, even though we have this real subconscious level of high agitation, of high, of high um, anxiety. And so because our fight or flight switch is on all the time, sometimes we get into that we think it's just normal, that it's just normal to feel this crappy and this agitated and not have any patience and this stressed and this low energy and all those things. So my point is you just want to do some, you know, really, really pay attention to yourself. Bring some awareness to what is going on. Step out and become the observer or the, you know, like a scientist, like observing what is going on with me here? Am I possibly in fight or flight all the time? Am I an anxious person? Because even if you believe that's part of your personality, it's not necessarily true. Now, if you don't want to change it, fine, great, whatever. But I'm just offering that if you recognize you're one of those people who is in fight or flight almost all the time that it's become normal and you want to change some of that, that is highly possible just through breath work. Okay, so back to the weight loss part. I'm sure then that most of you understand or have heard about how stress affects weight. So if you are highly stressed, you are more likely to be overweight If you are highly stressed, you are more likely to cope by overeating or over drinking. So understanding that connection, you know, you can, you can understand why breath work and practicing that can contribute to weight loss and can really help a person, you know, drop pounds. I mean, I've watched clients do this by simply reducing stress through using breath work that they're able to drop pounds. So that's without changing eating. That's, um, or I should say this, that's without thinking about changing their eating. It's, it's without trying to change their eating. What happens is when they get good at utilizing, you know, this specific sort of breath work in those situations, 
they are able to calm their brain with their breath and so they don't have urges to eat and therefore they eat less and they lose weight. Okay, so after all that, just to say breath work would be one of the foundational practical strategies to begin to implement and practice if you are someone who's trying to change that habit of overeating when you are stressed or feeling overwhelmed. So there's lots of other ways too that we can reduce stress. And I've talked about a couple of these in past episodes, but you know, one might be again thinking about what are the inputs within my environment? What are you taking in? You know, we all take in stimulus from the environment and we all have limited energy to deal with, process, manage those inputs. And so I want you to think about in your environment what you take in. And I I often with clients will start with technology, of course. Um, technology is a wonderful thing and, and I utilize it a lot. And um, But what I find is when people spend too much time on it, on screens or um, just on like checking their phone all the time and things like that, there is a fight or flight response, a stress response that happens within the brain. And so understanding this connection and then maybe implementing some strategies to reduce your input from technology is really beneficial. I mentioned in a episode before that, you know, I've done some things to try to help with this. And so I've taken off all notifications on my phone. I have no notifications turned on. And I also batch my time on technology. So throughout my day, what I have scheduled into my day um, is 15 minutes, you know, to check my phone, to see if I've missed any calls, to check emails, to respond to those emails. So I batch time. So you know, you could even do like one or two hours a day of that or whatever you need within your own structured life. But the idea being you're not constantly checking your phone or or your brain doesn't have to see those notifications popping up all the time. Um, So that would be one way to sort of manage that input that's coming in. You know, doing those things just reduces so much unneeded stress throughout the day. So so your ability to handle more, your energy level is higher. You know, this is all about, stress level is all about managing energy. Another input that is pretty typical for most of us is our relationships within our household or with others in our life, um, managing relationships, learning how to con- communicate more clearly and more lovingly uh, with others in our lives and can really, really help also reduce that stress load, that input. So learning things like nonviolent communication, learning things, skills, strategies on how to communicate better, how to express needs and wants in a way that is loving and compassionate. All those things do reduce our own personal stress. So those would be other things that would be really helpful. Being aware of what your energy levels are throughout the day and different times of the day is also another strategy that I um, like to offer clients and and just encourage to start paying attention to. It's things like, well, here's an example. You know, I'm a real morning person. I am up 
at um, usually between 4.30 and 5.30 every single morning. And I've always been like this. Um, I go to bed early. Uh, I usually have amazing energy all morning long. About two or three in the afternoon is when I know that my energy levels are going to be lower. And so because I know that, because I sort of know my rhythm of energy throughout the day, I then know how to conserve it when I need to. So if I'm working until six o'clock, I know my energy levels go down at about three. I know that I need to maybe do a little breath work to encourage some more energy. I know that maybe that morning, not to do a super hard or long workout, because if I do that, you know, that takes up some of my energy bank. And so I know in the afternoon that I'm going to need more of it. So I might keep my workout uh, a little bit lighter, a little bit easier just to manage or maintain some of that energy. Other things I might do to create more energy uh, in the afternoon if I'm working into those later hours, like I mentioned, it might be doing a breath routine that I know I can use to create a little bit more energy. It might even be things like drinking a glass of water, making sure that I have that hydration in, and sometimes that'll perk me up a little bit. I've really tried to get out of the habit of eating then because I'm typically not hungry because I've eaten lunch usually around one o'clock. So I know I'm not actually hungry. Uh, So not going for food in those moments. And even that is actually helpful because if I do have an urge to eat, to try to gain energy, if I just kind of surf through that urge and manage it, usually what ends up happening and I'll, I'll get a perk of energy back. But if I eat something in that moment, like something high carb, which is usually what the urge is about, my energy will dip dip even more. So I've really learned to not even go there. So I'm just, all I'm talking about is really being aware of yourself and understanding your own patterns throughout the day and then starting to implement and try things out of how you can maybe manage that energy a little bit later or manage your energy a little bit later into the day. Now, some of you are night owls. That's another type of um, person. And so your patterns would be more like, you know, you're gaining energy as you go through the day. And so maybe that's how you start to structure your day where the things that you're going to need the most energy for, you'll wait to do until you're in the evening. So that's just an example understanding your energy patterns throughout the day and then how to manage more and more of it is what can really help here as well if you're used to going to food to try to gain that energy. So those are some more broader practical strategies, but a real quick real quick behavioral ones that you can put into place to help here, uh, to help that whole issue of eating when stressed or overwhelmed. So one I just kind of touched on, but staying hydrated. So making sure that you are hydrated throughout the day, drinking lots of water, not sodas, not coffee all day long, not, you know, just some water throughout the day, staying hydrated. If you are dehydrated, the brain does kick into that sort of fight or flight, that stress mode because it's dehydrated. So just simply being dehydrated can cause you to feel panicky, anxious, 
upset, agitated. So sometimes just drinking a glass of water, making sure you're hydrated can really help with those stress levels and help you maintain a lot of energy. Another big one, which I'm sure you've all heard of, but I can't help but mention here is sleep. So, you know, if you're not optimized in your sleep, your stress levels are going to be higher throughout the day. You are not going to have enough energy to tolerate a lot of stress. And so that sleep also, that's how it's connected to weight loss. You know, sleep really helps you. If you can optimize sleep, it'll really help you drop the pounds you're trying to drop without having to focus so much on the food. So that is another huge one to get in control. So upping your sleep hygiene skills. And yes, there are skills to be learned when it comes to sleep hygiene. Uh, And maybe I'll get into that on another episode if I get some interest in that topic. But Really, you can just, you can Google some sleep hygiene strategies. When I work with clients, I help coach them through a lot of those sleep hygiene strategies and keeping them accountable to some of those behavioral goals that you might need to put into place to help you get some better optimized sleep. Okay, then one last foundational piece I want to mention here is back to the food. So the foods we eat, they really do affect our psychology. And there is more and more research and studies coming out on this. I know it's not a super popular topic yet, but I guarantee this topic is going to explode in the next few years because we are just start. I'm starting to see that research on the fringes of, um, of science where we're starting to look into this. And, and the results we are getting is pretty incredible. And what I mean by that is how much food and what we take in affects our psychology, how much it affects our moods, how much it affects our energy levels, how we feel, our emotional world, our psychological world. And, you know, if we are eating something that does not work for us, and again, Remember, we're all individuals. So one food that kind of works for someone else is not going to work for another person. So again, this is awareness. It's learning. When I eat this food, how do I feel afterwards? It's paying attention. It's being aware. I'm sure most of you have experienced eating something, probably overeating something, and feeling you know that food hangover the next day or even a couple hours later and asking yourself, why in the hell did I eat that? I feel so terrible right now. But not only physically making us feel terrible, mentally, emotionally making us feel terrible. So depressive symptoms, anxious symptoms, many of those things are caused by something we eat or lack of something we eat. And So I'm not going to go into details of what you should be eating and shouldn't be eating. That's stuff I do with my clients as we kind of figure out together what works for them and what doesn't. But in general, in general, I hope you are finding something useful from these episodes and this podcast. And if so, please share it with someone else in your life you feel it could benefit. This podcast is also now monetized. So if you really feel you are getting a lot 
from it and want to help keep it going, please go to the episode show notes. You can just scroll down from wherever you're listening. You'll see a description of the episode and then you will see it says support this podcast and then there's a link you can click on. You can click on that link and that's where you can support the podcast. Even the smallest donation, like 99 cents, helps to keep me producing the podcast. And to those of you who have donated, I really, really appreciate the support. I really do appreciate all of you listening and sharing the space with me. Again, just very thankful for all of you. Eat whole foods. So to wrap it all up here, if you're like this listener and that you're trying to work on not eating when feeling overwhelmed, stressed, emotional, those sorts of things, first thing to do, figure out a breathing pattern that works to help flip you out of that fight or flight response, out of that overwhelm response. Um, Practice it daily. Then make sure you're hydrated every single day. And then start working and practicing getting into a space of utilizing some sleep hygiene skills to start optimizing your sleep. And then finally, start eating more whole foods, less processed foods. So doing these things also does not mean you're not ever going to feel overwhelmed or stressed anymore or in that fight or flight response. We're human. And so those things are going to happen. But when you do start implementing those things, it really does allow us to feel that sort of stress and overwhelm less often and less intensely. And for many of us, that's what we would like, (laughs) to be able to manage that stress or overwhelm or fight or flight response without eating and have to manage it less often and experience it less intensely. So I hope some of this was helpful as I know so many of us, including me, deal with overeating when we're feeling overwhelmed and stressed. And I know that just putting some of those basics into practice or even just starting with just one, just choose one to start practicing and working on can have a huge impact on definitely weight loss, but even more than that, just how we feel, how we relate to each other, how we show up in the world. So definitely worth giving some of those, giving some of those things a try. If you found anything useful from this episode, please take the time to subscribe to this podcast. Give a five-star review if you're so inclined. It helps me keep, um, putting this information out there and and sharing it with all of you. You know by now a lot of my uh, social media stuff, but basically you can find me at Heinen Counseling and Coaching on Instagram. I also have a high protein recipes only page called Peak Protein Recipes you can check out. You can go to my website, heatherheinen.com. If you keep listening right now, you're going to get some more information on how my clients take a deeper dive on these topics with me through online programs and coaching. It's where you get the actual structured lessons, worksheets, journal prompts, support and coaching behind all the information I'm putting out there to help you lose your weight for good, improve your health, and live the life you've been dreaming about in the body you've been dreaming about. 
Did you know you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to heatherheinen.com. Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N. And get in touch with questions on all things I offer, like online courses for overeating, weight loss, goal attainment, and also my coaching and counseling services.